Hello, welcome to Train Talk with Train Tech, brought to you by Train Tech LLC, your model train control professionals. I'm your host, Paul Gillette. Today we're going to talk about large scale and DCS, and joining me from Train Tech is Phil Greenberg. Phil knows more about uh, large scale and DCS than I'll ever forget. So let's get into it and test this guy's knowledge. So before we get going, Phil, let's just cover a couple definitions. Uh, give us a quick take on just what DCS is, and then the other one that we're going to be talking about is the TMCC. Okay. Well, first of all, DCS is uh, the Mike's Train House, or MTH Electric Trains, their command control for O-scale and larger. So O-scale meaning three-rail, two-rail, and number one and G gauge. They also now have DCS control in HO as well, but we're, we're going to be focusing more on the, the larger scale today. It stands for Digital Control System, and basically, uh, just like DCC, if you're familiar with the digital uh, command control for the t most of the two-rail market, uh, primarily HO, it's a remote control handheld device that allows you to control your locomotives or your accessories all uh, from anywhere at your layout as long as you've got your remote control. TMCC is the Lionel equivalent and actually was the first one to come out with the three-rail command control. It stands for uh, Train Master Command Control. And again, works very similar to DCC with the exception that it's using the track as an antenna to connect to your trains and it's it's only it's one direction so it sends a command to the train the train does what it what uh, you asked it to do dcs is bidirectional that way you can send a command to the train and the train can send something back to you saying okay i got it or uh this is how fast i'm so those those are the two main systems with uh okay well let's get uh, get going with some of the questions here so the first one quite logically is what do I need to get started in command control for my three-rail train? Well, in um, most cases, all you need is your existing transformer and MTH DCS starter set and your trains. I say this because the DCS system comes with a track interface unit, which is what goes between the transformer and the track, and the DCS remote control handheld. You don't even need PS2, DCS, or TMCC-equipped trains to get started. Basically, you're going to connect the track power leads from your transformer to the track interface unit, and the track interface unit has a variable output, If again, if you don't have PS2 okay. or DCS or any of that stuff, and you would then use your remote control as you would the transformer. So you throttle up your transformer all the way, and then you're going to use your remote control DCS handheld to control your your uh, your trains, basically the same way you would as with a transformer, except with a remote control handheld. Now, with DCS and TMCC, once you're getting into the command, you have to remember that the signals are polar specific. So the red should be connected to the center rail and black to the outer rails. And once all your connections are secure, all you got to do is power up your transformer former to full throttle, like I said, and uh, the DCS system is going to do the rest. There are some other considerations. If you have a smaller, less powerful transformer, uh, like the Lionel CW30 or the CW80, which comes with the Lionel train sets, um, you should probably upgrade to a larger power supply, uh, like the MTH Z1000 or Z4000, uh, to accommodate more engines running. 
And you just have to remember that uh, if your transformer can't handle it without command control, it definitely won't be able okay, to handle it makes with sense. command control. How about uh, you don't? You mentioned you don't need DCS or TMC to use the DCS system. Boy, there's a mouthful. How can I run my older conventional engines with DCS on my layout? Well, as as I briefly explained it earlier, uh, the DCS system is equipped with two variable outputs. So just like your transformer, that's a variable output, but you're controlling it with the throttles on, on, the, hand, on the transformer. So using the variable outputs, you can use the DCS handheld to act just like the transformer. So um, there's a button labeled TR on the handheld. That stands for track. You so select the track you want. It's track one or track two, and you use the thumb wheel to change the voltage. So Basically, again, instead of using the throttles on your transformer, those are going to be turned all the way up going into the track interface unit, and then you're using the handheld to control the voltage coming out of the track. And you can isolate your variable tracks from your fixed output tracks if you choose to do that. This way you can run your conventional locomotives with the DCS remote acting as your transformer and the DCS or TMCC equipped locomotives on a separate track. You can even run your conventional engines on the same track as a command-equipped engine. As long as there's enough power to the track, the command engine will respond to command signals, and the conventional engine will function just as it would as if you were using your transformer. But it is important to remember, when changing direction for the uh, conventional engine, your command engines, they'll flinch a little bit uh, at the voltage drop, but will continue in the same direction until you tell it with DCS or TMCC to change direction. So... Non-command local will act just like it normally would, just like with your transformer, and you can't really control speed the way you can with command control, so crashes can happen. It's not okay, easy to run I command can, and conventional I can just imagine. <laughs> I can just imagine my mind reels. Okay, so uh, another question. Can I program my conventional locomotives to run automatically? Yes, you can. With DCS, if you're using the variable outputs, as I said earlier, your handheld remote takes the place of your standard transformer. So when you're in record mode, the remote takes all of your actions and stores them. It doesn't care that you're selecting a track, and an accessory, or an engine. Basically, it just records whatever you're punching into the remote. So then you can play back your conventional trains operations just like wow. you can with your DCS or TMCC equipped in. Um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty cool. But just like anything else, you have to remember uh, if you're recording an out-and-back type of operation, which I tend to do with, with uh, subway trains and people like to do with their trolleys, you need to mark the exact location the engine is starting from uh, when you begin recording. And all engines, whether they're conventional, DCS, legacy, TMCC, doesn't matter. They'll all tend to walk. Nothing is perfect. So... Um, have your engine do their thing, bring it back to the starting point, leaving room for error, then mark the location. And even though uh, it may work well one day or one moment in a day, doesn't mean it'll come home every time. So variant, yeah, variations in temperature, voltage, grading, etc., you know, all that stuff can cause the engine to miscount, uh, especially when you're doing this with conventional locomotives. So leave plenty of walking space at both ends uh, of the out and back and, and just watch for the walking. Um, and in many, in many cases, you may want to consider a, a PS2 or a TMCC upgrade. 
because upgrading your conventional locomotive to a command control locomotive will increase the accuracy of the speed control uh, and the command sent. So if you do want to do an out and back or, or automated running, it's much nicer to okay. do with a now, command control. Okay, now a little clarification. When you're saying walking, just exactly what are you meaning there? Well, when you have a starting point, uh, you'll send the locomotive to the other end of the layout. You're going to stop it, and then you're going to bring it back, and you're going to uh, stop it before it hits the end of the track. If if it's you know an end-to-end, out-and-back type of thing, as opposed to the standard mm-hmm. loop that we're all pretty much used to. Uh, what tends to happen is if you when you bring it back, even if you've recorded it to the exact spot where you started from, so that when you when you're doing your looped playback, because again, with an out and back type of operation, you're not just going to want to hit the button and watch it go out and back. You're going to want to hit the button and watch it go out and back and out and back all day long, you know, or as long as your friends are there when you want to amaze them at how your trains can do everything on their own. So what tends to happen is because of many variables that I, that I mentioned before, voltage can change you know you have your transformer plugged in and someone turns the tv on in another room all of a sudden there's a slight voltage drop you know temperature change all all those external factors can affect how your engine and how the dcs system is counting time and distance so it may go out and back perfectly and then you're going to play it and it's going to go out and back perfectly but as it the day goes on, it may not come back to that same spot exactly. It'll come back to a general area, but not the same exact spot. So that's that's what I mean by walking. It it can come back sh- and and stop short, or it can come back and stop long. You know, passing uh, where you wanted it to stop initially. So you know, you, you just have to remember. Don't just watch your trains because you love watching your trains. You also want to watch your trains because you don't want to watch them, you know, fall off the, the end of okay. your elevated line so, or off the table right. for that so matter. When you program it that way, it's actually measuring time, not distance. Is that right? Depends on, yeah, depends on what you're doing. If, if you are recording conventional, yeah. it's pretty much recording time. Okay, it's, you started it and you did your voltage here. All right, you stopped it, you hit the direction button, and now it's coming back, and now it's... So it's when you're recording conventionally, it's recording time. When you're controlling uh, and recording command control, it can do it by distance. So it'll count, you know, with a little tachometer that's inside the locomotive, it'll count the scale miles it's gone, whether it's a a quarter of a mile or 60 miles. It'll count that, and then it'll count it coming back. So it, it, it will record time or okay, distance depending on what you're controlling. Okay. Do I need a legacy or TMCC remote to edit a TMCC engine address? Um, no, you don't. You can address a Lionel TMCC or legacy-equipped locomotive with the DCS handheld uh, as long as you have the DCS software version 4.1 or higher, and you have at least a Lionel TMCC command base. 
The engine has to already be in your DCS remote engine list. And then there's, you know, just a, a couple of steps. You're going to go into the menu. There's, there's a, a system option and then an engine setup, and then you can edit the engine. From there, you can edit the name or the address. So in this case, the question is about the address. You'll, you'll choose edit address. You're going to scroll to the TMCC-equipped engine that you want to change the address for, and then it's going to tell you what to do with the locomotive. On TMCC or Legacy, there's a little switch on the bottom that's called Run Program Switch. To run it, obviously, its address has been written to the locomotive, and when you address, when you hit that locomotive's number, you're running that locomotive. When it's in program, it's waiting to find out what it is. So whether it's a steam locomotive uh-huh. or what address you want to put to it. In this case, in this case, it's just the address we're changing. So it's going to say, you know, put the program run switch to the program position. Uh, and then it's going to ask you uh, to choose the address that you want. Um, and you can do 1 to 99, or actually 1 to 90 with TMCC. Your TMCC engine's horn is going to blow, and then it's going to tell you to put the program run switch back to run, and you're all set. Just like everything else, choosing an address that isn't already taken because uh, you should choose an address that isn't already taken because unlike DCS, TMCC is not bidirectional. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, So any locomotive that's on a specific address is going to respond to those commands. It's like you and your roommate getting letters from the post office. It gets to you by your address. TMCC works the same way. DCS, on the other hand, sends the signal out to look for a locomotive. Locomotive says, I'm here. And then DCS says, okay, I have address, say, 38 available. Uh, And then the locomotive says, okay, while I'm on this layout, I'll be number 38 in your list. So you don't have to address a DCS locomotive the way you would a TMCC locomotive. All right. This is kind of a logical question. Can I upgrade my conventional locomotives with DCS or TMCC? In many, in, yeah, in many cases, yes, you can purchase upgrade kits. However, there's many items that you need to consider. Um, most older locomotives okay. have AC motors. DCS requires DC motors to operate properly. As such, you may have to replace the motors as well as install the upgrade kit. If you don't want to upgrade the motors, and I wouldn't blame anyone for that because it's, it's it can be a real pain, uh, TMCC can be added because there are TMCC upgrade kits that are AC motor ready. The MTH upgrade kits have both sound, which is called PS2, and control, which is the DCS part of it. So any PS2-equipped locomotive is already DCS compatible. TMCC upgrades do not include sound, so you can run silent or purchase an additional Lionel Rail Sounds unit, which adds the complexity of, of to the complexity of your install. TMCC alone is less expensive, but once you add sound, both DCS and TMCC upgrades okay. run well, about I've the same cost for the hardware. I've already got DC motors in my locomotives, so can I easily install the, the PS2 myself? If the locomotive motors have flywheels and you're not afraid to do a little bit of soldering, you can modify the locomotive yourself, yes. However, you have to remember there's no warranty from the manufacturer on the upgrade boards if you do it yourself. It's always recommended to have a certified service center or a certified upgrade center do the install for you so you get the full 90-day warranty. I would say the same for the TMCC upgrades as well. You may be spending more money having a professional do it, 
but if anything goes wrong, you're covered. You especially have to remember that the whole system must remain isolated. If any, any of the connections from either a PS2 or a TMCC upgrade bridges and connects okay, to the and chassis, is not you can blow the thing. chip. No, it's not a good thing at all. And, and unfortunately, you know, we, we do see a lot of that. I, I mentioned in, in our interview uh, a while ago that when we were at, when Gary and I were at MTH, we did an upgrade there uh, for the MTH technicians. And they liked to see it being done because mostly what they see are yes. the botched up jobs that unfortunately, you know, all it takes is a tiny little crimp in the wire and bridges to the chassis and you let the smoke out of a chip and, and it doesn't work <laughs> anymore. You can't get the smoke back in. Yeah, the Pandora's box is open. You can't grab it back in. But you know, that's that's sound advice. Right. I mean, uh, it took me a while to, to really realize that, you know, sometimes trying to save money was just being penny wise and pound foolish. I might do an 8-pin, 9-pin just plug-in, but if it involves solder and some of the advanced mm-hmm. programming that train tech does with the you know like the quantum boards the light rates and all that kind of stuff you know i look at it as a one-time investment that provides just you know countless returns on enjoyment when you operate the trains and everything works right you know i've just learned hey you spend a little right. money up front and you just get the heck of a lot more enjoyment out of it yeah, let, let us sweat it out okay. for you, you know. It's 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 what we do. And that and that way all you have to do is throw the train on well, the track. You know, and even and, uh, after let our first interview with just about train tech, not the DCC moments, I had taken some of the information I learned from you guys and bounced it off of my local hobby shop because they offer, you know, the service of putting it in. And some of the answers just made me raise an eyebrow. And I went, you know, maybe I would be better off either packing up my locomotive and shipping it off to Massachusetts where either Gary or Phil could work on it or just have Gary or Phil buy, you know, a new release, say, from Aethern or whatever, and then do the work and ship it to me. Because at least I just had a lot more confidence that what I got back was what I was expecting to get back. You want to go to a good shop like Train Tech right. so that you're not sitting there with all these sweaty palms. Gosh, what's going to happen the first time I power this unit up, you know? Exactly. And and I will say, you know, we're not the only ones that, that do upgrades. There are so many capable shops out there uh, around the world, but it is what we specialize in. I mean, we, we can get you all the retail stuff you want. You order whatever you want. We can get it for you. But the, the primary focus of train tech is control. I mean, we are the control specialists. That's what we do. doesn't matter what scale you're in, with the exception <laughs> of maybe Z or those T scales, because I don't know how we can get a chip into one of those yet. But, um, you know, it, it is what we focus on. We, we do service and installations, and that's, that's the primary focus of the business. I, I think we... Uh, our reputation hopefully speaks for itself that uh, we, we put a lot of care into this because we, we treat all these trains as if they're our own. And, uh, you know, we just, we just want to know that everybody's okay, enjoying well, what we're doing. Okay, well, I want to remind the, the listeners it's www.traintechllc.com. And on there you'll also find the Facebook link 
within the Facebook link, you will find a number of videos. Some of the incredible lighting effects that Quantum provides for ramping up and ramping down of the, of the lights. I mean, let's face it, in the real world, incandescent bulbs start out and they ramp up to their full brightness over a, a second or so. Well, they've, Quantum has duplicated that with their uh, DCC controllers, and you'll see it exhibited there with some of the work that uh, Gary and uh, Phil have done. So check out the website and the Facebook link. I think you'll be impressed. They're in Massachusetts, but, you know, they service clients and customers all over the United States and all over the world. Well, that about wraps up this segment of DCC Moments brought to you by Traintech LLC. Remember, send any questions you have to me at duckdogger, and that's one word, D-U-C-K-D-O-G-G-E-R dot U-S. At the bottom of that homepage, there's a link, contact me. Put it in there, Gary, and I'll review them and see which ones we uh, need to answer on the, uh, the show. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. We surely have.